0: Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. I'm Baha Etmanen, the founder and editor of Ageless by Rescue. Ageless by Rescue gives you unprecedented access to international and Australian experts and visionaries.
1: Hi, it's Miranda Kerr here on Ageless by Rescue podcast. Hi, this is Martha Kay and you are on Ageless by Rescue
0: podcast. I'm Trini Woodall. I mean, I feel I'm being interviewed by the sexiest woman in the world. Dr. Fadi Yasmin graduated from Sydney University in 1993 and has a master's in aesthetic dentistry from King's College, London. He is regarded as one of Australia's leading lights in cosmetic enhancement and cosmetic dentistry. Today's episode is focused on all the things that you can do via cosmetic enhancement and dentistry as part of your ageless beauty pursuit. I was so surprised to learn the role of veneers, the role of implants, teeth straightening, and also gum rejuvenation and the impact that they can have on your beauty. Dr. Yasmin works hand in hand with cosmetic surgeons, plastic surgeons, and cosmetic experts to perfect the overall and 360 beauty and ageless programs. I'm really excited to bring you this episode. It raises a lot of questions and answers a few as well. Dr. Fadi Yasmin, welcome to Ageless, the podcast.
1: Well, thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here and share some great stuff. in the field of dentistry, which I love dearly.
0: I'm so thrilled to have you because you are my dentist in full disclosure. um, And you have got such an incredible viewpoint on beauty and dentistry's role in um, ageless beauty. Um, One of the questions that I'm often asked is, you know, what have I had done to my teeth? And actually, I haven't had much done, but I do take care of my teeth. But today, I would like you to be our expert guide in all the things that dentistry can offer in the field of ageless um, and aesthetic improvement. Um, I think we've come a long way in this field, and you're certainly a pioneer in Australia. You've worked with a lot of celebrities, and you work with a lot of real people who simply want to transform their smile. Um, The first thing I want to ask you is let's talk about aging of teeth, gums, and the skull. What happens as we age?
1: Okay, in simplistic terms, the first part of aging, well, one of the most significant um, effects of aging in the face is the lower facial third. So this is where the teeth are, where the jaw sits. So you can imagine you've got your existing teeth. As your teeth wear down, your chin point and your nose get closer. And this is where that lower part of the face collapses. So the more you grind your teeth, if you lose back teeth, you're just closing, closing, and closing. So that's the initial initial immediate effect of aging. And on top of that, you start to get receding gums um, and the teeth start to sort of be exposed. So there's a whole bunch of things that contribute. But one of the immediate things is that initial collapse of the lower facial third. And that's a significant effect on aging.
0: One of the things that you always notice with celebrity transformations, and I've spoken about this in another episode, is that their, you know, glam squad always, always includes cosmetic dentistry. And you see the evolution, you know, you see the veneers, um, gum treatments, um, you know, straightening. uh, You know, you mentioned gum recession. Gwen Stefani, who's recently turned. 50, her smile has completely transformed. Um, tell me what uh, what process she may have undergone to, with regards to her gums that used to be such a, a visible feature of her smile. Yeah. So there's two
1: aspects of these aesthetic cases. There's the gummy smiles, which is where uh, Gwen falls under. And there's areas where you've got receding gum so so gwen was more the gummy smile and they're often a combination of where we laser the gum or we do a minor procedure to extend the the level of the teeth and there's also procedures to bring the lip down so it could be a combination of botox there's even a procedure where the lip can be surgically lowered so that you're seeing less of the gum so it's a combination of two things raising the gum and bringing the lip down and then then that's sort of uh, overlaid with, say, a set of veneers if you want to change the shape and colour. So often involves quite a few procedures, but when it comes together, it looks fantastic.
0: We talk uh, about this And especially this when it's planned. We've talked about this before, that no major uh, celebrity makeover, particularly in the dentistry side of things, is a one-shot deal and that people have unrealistic expectations of smile transformation. Um, when. You are working with a client or a celebrity who is having a transformation. Uh, what are the different modalities that you're, nor- and what's the consultation process?
1: Well, initially, the the first process is to have a consultation, just to just to gauge what the patient's uh, what the client's expectations are. And when you when you do that, then you are able to sort of see that we're both on the same page and to see what their ideal expectations are and what's realistic. And once we do that, the next stage is to really design the ideal smile. Once you design the ideal smile using digital smile design, then we can plan what are the subsequent steps we need. Is this a case that involves minor orthodontics? Is it a case, as you said, involves orthodontics, gum alignment, and then veneers. So your initial consultation and smile design will allow you to see what is the final requirement. And from there, as a treating clinician, you can treatment plan, the sequence, the timing, and the final outcome. And and that's really the only way. You have no award-winning architect will will have a, a building built without any modeling and design. And you always have to design first to get the final outcome.
0: Do you think that people have unrealistic expectations of single-shot treatment? So, for example, a client comes in and thinks veneers are going to change everything or a straightening is going to change everything.
1: Yeah, that's 100% true because we are influenced by social media a lot. We're seeing a lot of before and afters. Nobody knows what's in between. There's some beautiful work out there and people think that's a before and after. Sometimes there's 12 months in between the before and after. There's six procedures. Sometimes there's multiple procedures. Sometimes you have orthodontics at the beginning, sometimes orthodontics at the end. But I guess the the clients out there or or the, the public don't know that. They see a before and after and they come in, I want this. You know, this is before, this is after. Can you do this for me? They don't realise many multiple procedures might need to happen in between, and you need to educate them. But you also need to educate um, the patients as to if you did do it that quickly, what are the consequences? And there could be some serious ramifications, especially when you treat everything just with veneers. When you what we say in dentistry, when you straighten with a handpiece, you can't straighten teeth with a handpiece. And if you do, you're going to be cutting so much tooth structure, and you're going to have a lot of complications: dead nerves, hypersensitive teeth, um, root canals unnecessary. So there's a lot of lot of negative. Um, or contraindications that can occur if you don't sort of explain that and plan it well.
0: Let's stay on veneers because someone uh, who's listening to us might not actually know what a veneer is. What are veneers and what can they fix in terms of, um, you know, turning back the hands of time? And are there things that can go wrong with veneers that can make you actually look older?
1: Yeah. So, veneers, think of it, veneers can be in two sets of materials. It can be in uh, composite or resin, which is like a plastic, Um, and they can also be in a ceramic, which is the ideal. Um, The ceramic lasts a lot longer, it looks a lot nicer, and is a lot more colour-stable. But in terms of the process, they're they're almost quite similar. So, imagine them. it's like a thin shell. It's like I compare it to a false fingernail. So, it's basically placed on your existing tooth. So, it's A good example is when you get your false fingernails, everything looks nice from the front. But when you turn it from the back, you might have one nail short, one nail long, one nail wide. But the whole front, it looks quite aesthetic. And that's what veneers do. They're an extension to an ideal point of your existing teeth. The nice thing about them is you're not grinding to a pulp so that you've still got sufficient structure underneath. When you they see are the
0: Oh, sorry. When you say grinding to a pop, you, you don't mean the patient grinding to a pop. You mean the dentist grinding the dentist, to a dentist, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because it's a lot easier if you've got something totally uh, ground down to be able to cement and that's where a lot of uh, you've seen some cases where they had these tiny little pegs underneath and they put crowns on so veneers were a little bit more complicated to do because you're reducing less so the seating is a lot more complicated it's very technique sensitive you could easily not seat a veneer perfectly and it'd be slightly out so it does take a lot of skill a lot of time a lot of precision to do that but the results are beautiful because they look more natural Um, they're just an extension of your existing teeth you still feel some of your teeth on the inside so you don't really feel a big change so the nice thing about veneers if they're done correctly they can uh, change the color Um, they can give you a uniform shape they can give you a beautiful natural shape and they can broaden the smile so they're the advantages of what veneers can um, pretty much do
0: and what happens when they go terribly wrong because a lot of people are reluctant to explore veneers for two reasons. One, it's very expensive. And secondly, we've seen some crazy examples where people end up looking like they have horse teeth. Um, Has the technology changed so that the sizing, the coloring, um, the broadening of the smile, as you said before, is more natural, more beautiful?
1: Yeah. The technology is in, I guess, the techniques of the dentist, where my techniques have changed in the last 10 years is with digital smile design. So when you're designing and planning um, and it's all facially driven, which means every case is designed for the face, you're not going to get the horse teeth you're not gonna get the uh, malproportions. We use proportion grids on the face. Um, There's a whole series of photographic assessments and records. We use software to make sure it's the correct proportion. And one of the most important things that makes it natural is now we use natural files to be able to simulate the veneers. So we've got a beautiful database of natural teeth that we can apply copy and paste onto your existing so that your final veneers have a beautiful natural outcome
0: well that's good so is it 3d printing technology is that what you're doing
1: uh it's a combination of 3d printing milling and digital design it's Amazing. a combination of all different things yes
0: and can I get like a ballpark not just of your practice but a ballpark of what a complete smile redesign uh, with veneers would cost what kind of well,
1: it depends. I mean, generally, you want to design the number of teeth that you can see. So, on average, it'd be at least anything from you know eight to twelve teeth on the top, and I guess the range, depending, you know, what the fees are, range from anything from two thousand to three thousand plus dollars per tooth. So, you know, you you are looking at thirty thousand dollars plus for a, for a complete smile makeover. And if it's done well, if it's done well, you're going to be looking at this and loving it for a good 10 to 15 years. So it is, it is a worthwhile investment. There's not many things you can spend that much on and still be happy with.
0: And, and that was my question. So, you know, on average, people, uh, Australian women, are spending around um, $1,500 to $3,500 a year on their grooming. So if you amortize, Veneers. So are you telling me that after 10 or 15 years, you would have to have the whole process again? Is that what, what is recommended?
1: Well, most most likely, but it could be for different reasons. I mean, I've got stuff now 20, 23 years and still going strong. And you might replace one or two. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to pop off. So one of the interesting things is, and I'll share this um, with your with your viewers, is What we used to do is when the time came and you've had veneers for so long, the gum would recede naturally. And then you've got to take off the veneers and chase it up to where the gum is. Now we do the opposite. I did a case uh, last year where the gums had receded a little bit. Instead of changing the veneers, we brought the gums down. So, the veneers looked as good as the day we did them. So, there's ever-evolving techniques and technology. And like I said, it doesn't mean that they need to come off. Sometimes you might chip one over the years. You can easily replace and match that. So, um, there's many sort of uh, reasons why or there's many treatment modalities when you get to the tail end of having a series of veneers.
0: So uh, moving off from veneers and talking about what you alluded to in the beginning is the um, collapse of the jawline and um, the changes that we see. What are some of the things that you do in cosmetic dentistry that can rebuild the structure and um, get, you know, that um, collapse that you were talking about that can treat that?
1: Okay, well, a lot of these cases, so it's a combination. There's many things that uh, that sort of can contribute to that. But let's simplify it for our for our audience. Uh, orthodontics is the first thing. So orthodontics will align um, uh, align the top and bottom jaw. You do get a little bit of opening, but it is a little bit difficult. We don't rely on that because it could take quite a period of time to try and pull the teeth out, and often that is a little bit tough. But what do you mean uh, the benefits? A bit, so so with orthodontics, you can do one of two things. You can align the crookedness, top and bottom, but also orthodontics allows you to pull the teeth out so that your your bite is opened. Uh, it's good. a little bit more challenging. So, you know, when you have a deep bite and then you open, so you're actually opening the jaw up by opening the teeth. Now, in a younger patient in orthodontics, that's a little bit easier. Most of these patients are a little bit older and, you know, that we're talking, you know, uh, in adult adult years, then you can't just rely on orthodontics for that component. So what we often do is we build the teeth up. So imagine the lower teeth. Imagine if I put a layer on top. All of a sudden, you originally hit at this point, but now you'll be hitting here. So you're increasing the height. So it's a little miracle that you can perform because by increasing where by stopping your jaw before it hits you're lengthening the part that had previously collapsed so we have cases instantly as soon as we open the bite that the, the lengthening of the face instantly shows up we we have a lot of before and afters so that's the first step so we've lengthened we've created space then you proceed to veneer and it looks incredible because you've You've recaptured that beautiful aesthetic that had previously collapsed, so you've built the bite up. So I I tell the patients, we're literally just giving you thicker treads on top of your teeth. You're not grinding, I'm literally adding on. You've already done the grinding, so I'm replacing it. Sometimes you go a little bit higher, then all of a sudden this lower facial third, it's like magic. Um, Often a lot of these cases, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll harp on this, Often these cases tend to grind, so they've worn the teeth down and then the masseter becomes quite enlarged. So you see this bulbous area here and quite, quite a sort of uh, tender in the temporal. We often use Botox in this area to reduce that size. Um, by giving the Botox, they, they grind less, so they're protecting the new set of teeth. This looks nice and trim and you've increased the vertical. That alone, from an aesthetic point of view, looks incredible. And then you throw on the veneers. And that's why these cases, when you look at them, you say, my God, the before and after looks so different. But if you start taking every element, you go, God, you've increased the height. You've reduced the masseter. You've given a beautiful smile curve. So when you add all these things, you say, no wonder it's a beautiful before and after, but there's many steps.
0: Tell me about um, oral hygiene. What is the role of oral hygiene? And, you know, 100 years ago, we wouldn't have made it past 40, probably because we had some kind of uh, dental infection. And um, and now, you know, that, that's the most ageless thing you can do, take care of your teeth. So what about now? Is there a role of, um, of you know, good cleaning, regular checkups? Uh, how often should we be having our x-rays? <laughs>
1: Oral hygiene is the absolute backbone of any dentistry. If you don't have excellent hygiene or an excellent hygiene program with your dentist, you might as well not do anything because all our work, all my work looks so good because, not because I'm a great dentist, it's because we spend so much time um, educating the patient and putting them through our hygiene program because the healthier the gums are, the better your work looks. And we've instilled a lot of programs. We've looked at different technologies to be able to do that. Um, we're very, very big on a particular system that uses a particular dye to indicate where the b- bad bacteria is. And we actually use that to clean all the plaque uh, off the teeth and off the gum area, and then follow that up. Um, so it's very, very specific. Um, to reduce the biofilm in the mouth. Um, We use a lot of products. Um, We give the patients a lot of products to maintain that gingival health. We're always looking for what is the best um, sort of home care products out there so that whatever we provide for the patients, you know, a good oral health program will just maintain whatever you do.
0: I know that the rule of thumb is you have to come in every six months and people don't even stick to that, but... um you uh, recently uh, introduced a new concept to your clinic, which I love and I've signed up for, and I'm going to sign up my daughter for as well. It's a subscription model. Um, well, can you share about that? Or I can tell you what, what you've told me, but I, I would love yeah. to hear it from your own voice. I Look,
1: we're very excited about it. I mean, it, it, it came out of uh, seeing the benefits of oral wellness and oral care for our patients and uh, the You know, we looked at it, there's subscription models for everything, you know, there's subscription models for for maintaining your beard, there's subscription models at the gym. So, you know, why not create a subscription model with the best possible care for your patients and uh, providing, uh, you know, uh, bespoke healthcare products, keeping an eye on them and being able to sort of maintain everything we've done. So when we put the program together, the uptake has been phenomenal um, because, you know, we get so um, involved in our patients' oral care and, you know, we're doing these beautiful cases and I want these cases to stay beautiful. And the only way is through maintenance, um, oral wellness, oral care. And if you maintain it, you can make things last many, many years. So and the, thing the subscription that- model...
0: Sorry to interrupt you. Um, The thing that I like and I'm happy to come back for is that um, I don't know what it's called, but that kind of spa cleaning process. That yeah, that's the
1: that's the airflow that I was talking about, where we use the dye. That that is a real game changer, and it's funny you said that because patients love it so much that. It used to be where oh god I know I got to get it clean but I can't stand that sonic instrument you know it's whereas yes. here, oh, <laughs> here whereas here they want to come back because they love what it feels like mm-hmm. so you know you've got amazing product and patients you know uh, where where do you hear that patients can't wait to come back to the dentist so they can get this clean it's it's you know it really is a game changer and that was almost the impetus what what your comment was with the impetus for us. You know, we've got all these amazing things. Why don't we create a subscription model so that it's, it's seamless for the patient, they're getting the best oral care and it's instantly, you know, a program that just maintains everything for them.
0: Um, what happens when there's no hope, like when the teeth is dead or you've lost teeth? What can you do at a dental level? Um, what what's the technology that's available other than false teeth obviously
1: well well there's a lot I guess uh, there's two parts to that question so I guess if you've got a single tooth so you've got uh, you've got fairly good teeth but unfortunately there's one tooth that you've had root canal it's failed you've bit on something and it's fractured so this is where dental implants come in and they've been around since the late you know, the, I think early 60s, late 50s, where they first started. And the technology is pretty much the same. It's titanium. Um, the body uh, accepts titanium. It's very, very biocompatible. The technology that's evolved is in the surface. It's gotten more and more advanced, but it's still a, a, a commercial uh, grade titanium. So you can place a titanium into the jawbone. And then a tooth can be placed on that. And that's a single, single implant. Process can take anything from three months to six months, depending how much bone is lost. And you can pretty much replicate a tooth and nobody would know the difference. So you can slot that in amongst your natural teeth and you'd look at it and you wouldn't know any difference. And that's that's, called an implant? Dental implant. Yeah. And that's amongst your existing dentition. But I guess when you go to the next step, where your your teeth are pretty much what we call terminal, you've either lost all your teeth, so you've got no teeth at all, and you're just wearing a plate, or the teeth are so advanced with gum disease where they're just waving in the breeze. There's not much you can do. Or the other side of it is when they're completely decayed, rotten down to the gum line. Um, even though they're well anchored in the in the jaw, they're totally rotted. So those sort of cases. We classify as a terminal dentition. There's not much you can do. I mean, you probably could do something for the decayed teeth, but it's going to be a lot of expense with pretty poor outcomes. So in this case, we look at taking all the teeth out, cleaning the bone up, placing implants, and the new technology allows us to place an immediate implant bridge within a couple of days. And that's pretty much a game changer for these patients that are walking around with these inability to chew, lots of pain, very low self-esteem, not able to smile, and you can give them, you know, a total, total instant um, change uh, within 48 hours. And it is a life-changing procedure, without a doubt.
0: And certainly would make you feel and look a a whole lot younger. Um, Can I ask you, in your opinion, what have been some of the big celebrity smile transformations that you, um, you look at and you're inspired by?
1: One of my favourites, he's actually a good friend of mine who treated him, Miguel Stanley, is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's. Absolutely love it. He had terribly, terribly uh, overlapped, crowded teeth. He had a missing lateral uh, incisor, so he had a combination of beautiful orthodontics, he had a lovely, he had an implant place, which we just spoke about, a single implant, had veneers on top, and it looks, not only does it look great, it looks so natural. That, that has to be one of my favorites. And, he, and he's such a nice guy um, and a real role model. You know, when you see those two things, you think, wow. And, uh, and that's probably one of my favorites without a doubt.
0: And are you seeing a lot of men having um, cosmetic dentistry as part of their kind of grooming routine? Because it seems to be a, a nice entry point for them for that, you know, total makeover.
1: Yeah, absolutely love it. It's one of my fortes. And I think uh, what I've enjoyed over the last, you know, say five years is educating males that aesthetic dentistry is just not for females it's also for males if it's done right so with digital smile design and being able to trial smiles and and really sort of design uh, you know uh, veneers for ind- individually for each uh, each patient and more so sort of uh, men giving them uh, you know, a true design that matches. They're able to sort of see that and really, really gauge. I mean, when we do our mock-ups or trial smiles, we have before and after photos. We design it specifically using our, you know, digital smile design software and analysis. And, uh, yeah, men look amazing uh, when, you know, when they sort of do that sort of procedure. And it's very subtle, but it looks it looks so good.
0: Uh, in terms of... Um uh, working with uh, a total makeover process. I know that on a lot of those total makeover shows or extreme makeover shows, and certainly in the US, cosmetic dentistry um, is goes hand in hand with cosmetic surgery. So often in the US, if someone is having a facelift or a, a big um Procedure on their face. A cosmetic dentist is also part of the transformation team. Um, do you work like that in Australia? Do you work hand in hand with, um, you know, a, a, another medical team to transform a patient's look?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So there's two teams that I work with. So if this is purely in a, a purely an an aesthetic solution, always the first thing that's done is the dental. In certain procedures, we do the dental second, but most of the time, the dental is done first because we're able to affect that lower facial third. I'm going to uh, create a new level playing field for the cos for the aesthetic or plastic surgeon. So you don't. You're not going to be overclosed, let the plastic surgeon work, then reopen. So what we do is we open, set the parameters and say, here, now do your magic, because it makes them look a lot better. And it also is easy for us because we've already set the parameters. So a lot of these cases that get referred to me, we we talk about timing. So in terms of that, often the bite buildup and the teeth uh, are done prior, then then we send them off and do the plastics. Um, That's in a case where, you know, we're combining it, say, with a facelift. There's other cases where I'm working with a maxillofacial surgeon. So in those cases, it's a combination of jaw surgery and orthognathic surgery. So we look at timing of the orthodontics. So we often will do the orthodontics prior, do the jaw surgery, come back, finalise the orthodontics, um, and then then go to the plastic surgeon where they will do the rhinoplasty. So there's a whole sequence in terms of there's pre-orthodontics, jaw surgery, final orthodontics, then rhinoplasty. So depending what the requirements are, we will send them round. Um, there's a new procedure that um, we're doing a lot or coordinating a lot of, and you probably hear about it. So it's actually the most Googled procedure um, of the last two years. You've you've probably heard about the lip lift. Yes. Baha. Yes. Okay. So a, a, a good friend of mine, cosmetic dentist in the States, uh, Kyle Carl Stanley, who's one of the leading Beverly Hills cosmetic dentists, uh, worked with one of the top plastic surgeons in Beverly Hills, Ben Talabay, who who just uh, who put together called it's called the modified lip lift. And that really changed the whole perspective on aesthetic dentistry. And we're doing a lot of these now. You see often Uh, and it's not necessarily sort of older patients there's even younger patients where they have a very long filtrum. so if you draw uh, if you measure from the base of the nose to the top of the lip some patients are born with quite a long filtrum. so when they smile even if they really try really hard they're not showing much teeth and often the solution which before prior to the lip lift every dentist would try and give them longer teeth to show more but it doesn't work they end up looking quite hideous the horse-like and often uh, will have issues speaking because instead of lifting the lip we're making the teeth longer and and the patients can't tolerate that so what we do now and i've got a technique that we're working with our plastic surgeons i do my smile design i know exactly where the ideal teeth should be i'm not biased by the length of the lip and then we have a little clip that goes on, which then we send to the plastic surgeon and we discuss the lip lift because if I think they're a candidate, so the plastic surgeon knows where my final teeth are going to be and we'll do the procedure and lift the lip according to the ideal. Unbelievable. Ideal. It's unbelievable. And it's such a simple thing. So everybody was going this way by making teeth longer and these cases looked horrible, whereas, hey, we just need to lift the blind of the lip but to create the perfect aesthetic. So this has changed um aesthetic dentistry significantly because people never thought of it, never never thought it was possible. And now it's just
0: looks amazing. That is so exciting. Is there so anyone- again,
1: it again, has to be coordinated.
0: That's that's exactly right. So what I'm getting from you is that, you know, the transformation that comes from cosmetic dentistry is multidisciplinary. You're not going to get everything done out of one treatment it needs to have a coordinated effort with whatever else you're doing as part of your um, transformation plan so whether it be aesthetic with injectables or whether it be surgical Um, and it is a a good idea to have your dentist involved in that conversation and the other thing that I'm getting from you is that you need to allow some time because it doesn't happen in a before and after shot on Instagram it really is a, a gradual procedure and it's safer that way is that correct
1: that's 100 percent. i love the word that you use multidisciplinary because that's what it's about it's multidisciplinary with your treating aesthetic dentist or your treating dentist is at the center uh, another important point um, which i should mention is a lot of these cases that we see where the teeth are worn down and we see that where i was talking about a lot of these patients have airway issues so a lot of these patients, the reason they're grinding is because they pretty much suffer sleep apnea. And this is another thing we help coordinate and assess. We sort of, um, we refer them off to sleep studies Because you want to know what's the cause. We understand, especially when a young patient comes in, when I say young, you know, even up to 40, 50, that have worn their teeth down significantly. So it's great. I can rebuild them. I can do all these things. But if I don't treat the cause, I'm still going to put my existing treatment under pressure. And often patients that have sleep apnea do grind severely. So that's something we have to assess. So there's a lot of our patients that we send off for sleep studies um, we work with a, a with a sleep physician and see what whether they need you know a CPAP or a special appliance at night to bring the jaw forward, because the result of grinding is because the body is shutting down because of lack of oxygen. So the the fight or fl- the fight or flight response by the body is to try and spasm the jaw forward to allow some air. The the. You know, the side effect of that is a worn worn set of teeth. So when you see that, it's not – you're not just – you know, we're not just thinking aesthetic. I'm thinking medical. I'm thinking what's the medical cause here? It's no point me building up again if you're still going to subject it to the same issue. So like you said, it's multidisciplinary. You, you've really got to be on top of all aspects of treatment um, because this is complicated treatment. You know, you're coordinating it. You're at the centre. You're actually – You're more sort of coordinating this thing than their general practitioner. So I'm sending them to their general practitioner to organize a sleep study. I'm sending them to to here. And then some of these sleep, uh, some of these general practitioners get surprised. They go, Oh, I've been seeing it for years. I I didn't realize it's not their fault. It's because we see the oral manifestation.
0: Going back to the oral hygiene conversation, I have heard from, you know, that there's a, a oral health, gut health um, correlation as well. So uh, if if you have poor oral hygiene and you have, um, you know, infection, it's going to severely imbalance your gut health, which, of course, impacts all the other things you're trying to do in an anti-aging or a vitality program. Um, is that something that you get involved with as well if someone has gut issues?
1: Um, often with that, uh, what we do is—I mean, we we'll, we'll, i am not a specialist in that. That's more of a, a, a dietary nutrition. But but you made an excellent point. If you've got poor oral hygiene, you're going to be subjected to a lot of other medical, uh, and there's links with you know with cardiac issues, with diabetes. And a whole heap of other sort of systemic medical manifestations. And you often find there's, you know, there's many links now between these. So the the first component is to get their high oral hygiene up to speed. Because if you've got bacteria in your in your mouth, you've got um you know you've got a, a whole different type of biofilm that's that's causing a negative effect, that's gonna go into your gums, into your bloodstream, and lodge. Possibly on your heart valves. Amongst that's just what we know. Um, and now, like you said, with the with gut issues, we're starting to work out. Well, okay, we spoke about you know all these bacteria and toxins in the blood. Obviously, now the leaky gut um, situation and theory linking that even possibly to Alzheimer's to dementia. So there's a lot that we don't understand. But the least we can do is at least get the oral hygiene um, back up to speed. And from there, hopefully it's a top-down effect Um, and usually people that start taking care of their uh, oral hygiene start taking care of the rest of themselves as well. You know, it's rare that you will find someone that's going to be so diligent in oral hygiene and neglect the rest of themselves. It's usually the other way around and there's often that combination.
0: And to finish off, I love your story about the daughter test. I would love for you to share... With our audience, um, that parameter as um, as your guiding principle.
1: Yes, I know we had a chat about this. So when I was completing my master's quite a few years ago at the King's College, um, the the uh, the 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 premise there is, you know, the aesthetic dentistry is subjective, and you really need to assess each patient that comes in for many reasons. Um, just because we have the ability to treat doesn't mean we should. And there was a great paper and I'm going to send it to you um, called the daughter test. And it's, it's a beautiful paper where it says any, well, I think it applies to any aspect of dentistry, but let's talk about aesthetic dentistry. If you feel that you wouldn't provide the same treatment for your daughter you shouldn't be treatment planning that for anyone that walks in. And it's a beautiful, beautifully written paper. And you always keep it as an aesthetic dentist. I keep it in the back of my mind. Um, I do do many veneers, but I also lose a lot of veneer cases because I just feel it's not suitable for the patient. And unless I really feel that they're going to benefit and that passes the daughter test, um, I probably won't treat that patient.
0: I love that, and for that very reason, my ten-year-old daughter has become a patient of your clinic, (laughs) and um, she went from being terrified of going to the dentist to absolutely loving what she calls her facials for the Um, the teeth. Yeah, she has. I'm
1: going to steal that from her.
0: Yeah. So she loved it. And she says, mommy, our dentist is so bougie and um, she <laughs> likes it there. So, and it is, it's a gorgeous clinic and I wish Thank more you. dentists were such a uh, pleasant experience because I think that more of us would go and have, um, you know, good dental hygiene, good dental plan. Uh, but I love what you've shared with us today. I'm so grateful. I, I've never ever thought of dentistry as such a central part to an anti-aging, vitality, and beauty program. And I think that you- wellness. <laughs> and wellness, absolutely yeah. of wellness and vitality. You're absolutely right. So thank you so much, Dr. Fadi. I'd love My to absolute
1: you. pleasure.
0: You always teach me so much. Have a beautiful day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please consider sharing it and rating this episode. I'm Baha Etmanen, your host and founder of Ageless by Rescue. For more exclusive content, show transcript, behind-the-scenes video, real people reviews and extended interviews with experts, I invite you to please follow us at Ageless by Rescue on Instagram, Facebook and Rescue TV on YouTube. You can also sign up to receive our e-magazine and newsletters, all for free.